um, beautiful Bible character that we saw um, as um, the Lord spoke through Pastor Philip this evening. Um, this uh, woman um, got a glimpse of who she was dealing with. When you know that this is the the Lord, when you know that I'm not even worthy to come near him, coming near his feet is a big thing. To be able to get near that um, feet of the Lord God Almighty uh, is, is a big deal. And uh, for her to be able to come and for the Lord Jesus to allow her to um, to um, pour out her heart before God. And as we see, the scripture says, her heart was filled with gratitude towards the living God uh, as to what Jesus did for her. And obviously, she is someone who, she was someone who received much from God, many deliverances, many healings, and many more things that are not recorded in the Bible spiritually. She was someone who was very much um, bound and trapped and and um, suffered much and now she's been um, delivered by God she has received and with that gratitude she came to Jesus Christ and for her to even know that when I go there when I take this and go there that Jesus is not going to say no Jesus will not say no. She was a genuine woman who got a glimpse of the King of Glory. And because she knew who he was, she also knew who she was. When we know that we're in front of the awesome God Almighty, uh, we will only feel very insignificant, you know, when we... Stand before God Almighty when we know who he is. We will feel extremely insignificant if we don't feel that way. And we still feel proud over anything that shows that we have not gotten a glimpse of the majesty of God. The presence of God. The power of God. The work of God. And so... um, that's the difference between her and the Pharisees who were there. The Pharisees who were there, the scribes who were there, the Sadducees who were there, and the hypocrites basically who were there, they did not get a glimpse of the King of Glory. They did not get a glimpse of who Jesus was. They had eyes, but they didn't use that to see. They had ears, but they didn't use that to hear. There were people who were stiff-necked and rebellious in their hearts and they did not want to acknowledge who Jesus was. And if you look at John the Baptist too, John the Baptist was um, very young. He was quite young when he was called to be a prophet, just like Prophet Samuel, just like Jesus Christ, very young. Now for such a young person to be in the midst of all these people with long robes, like Jesus said, and and worked in the temple for so long and for John to come and speak in such authority through the anointing of God, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the scribes and the teachers of the law who were there and who thought that they were the authority, when they saw 
John, so young, used by God, turning the hearts of the people to the Father, something that they couldn't do, he's doing. And he's preaching with such authority, he's not worried about anybody, not even Herod. Because the people, even though they were in the temple of God, because they were in where God has placed them, but they had no relationship with God that they should have had. Because of that, what happened? Even though God is working, it's not that they failed to acknowledge. They actually went one step further. They went against the work of God that was happening through John. It's a very terrible thing. We have to be very careful with it. They went against the work of God that was happening through John. They went against the work of God that was happening through Jesus. They went against the work of God that was happening through God himself, his spirit himself, in this world. He is using John, who was dedicated, who was dedicated unto God, who was given by God, who had a specific calling from God. Sinners went in and they entered into heaven. But the people who could have gotten in, who were in the temple, they kept themselves out of eternal life. Jesus said that these are people who don't go in and don't let others go in. So when you look at the real work of God, it will always face opposition. The real work of God will always face opposition, much opposition, not from the outside crowd, but it will come from within because Satan will look for people who have the pharisaical spirit and who will come against the genuine work of God, just like how they came against John. That didn't stop John from serving God. That didn't stop him from finishing well. That didn't stop Jesus from finishing well. So it's important for every believer to know this, that every genuine work of God, if you look at church history and the lives of missionaries and many, many people mightily used of God, you see all of them faced lots of opposition, not from the outside world, but uh, predominantly from within the people who were so-called established and and um, who said, who are you? You know, you're so small and you're so tiny and, and uh um, we have more experience and we know it and we are the it and we are the that and this. But those are the very people not only will not enter in, but will keep others from going in. So it's important. This woman, she got a glimpse of God. What the rest of the people who are sitting there claiming that we know did not know. The rest of the people who said, I can see, or we can see, but they were blind. But this woman, they thought that she was bad, that she was holy before the living God. That's why she was even able to touch God, because she was forgiven. She came with a contrite heart. She knew that this is God Almighty, and this is my only hope, and this is the one that I want, you know. If you look at Apostle Paul, he had a glimpse of God. When he got that glimpse of God, you know what he did? He left everything and he ran after Jesus Christ without looking back. As opposed to the rest of the Pharisees, 
the rest of the scribes, the rest of the Jewish people who chose to stay with their Jewish religion. They said, this is where we came from. This is what we are from. This is who we are. And we will not change a bit. And that didn't stop Paul from becoming what Christ wanted him to be. He completely changed into a whole different person and ran for God Almighty and finished war. Every single person who gets the glimpse of the glory of God, of the majesty of God, who God is, will feel insignificant before God. And whatever they think is of value will actually look like dust before that which God has. And in a heartbeat, they will drop all those out and they will go after the living God. They will drop off everything, everything. They'll know that this is nothing. I don't want this actually because this is keeping me from pursuing the living God. And what will they do? They will just leave everything behind and they will go. It's very important for us to remember this. The Spirit of the Lord was um, speaking to me about different uh, kinds of people in the kingdom of God during, um, I believe this week, yeah, this week, during our, our prayer time. How there are people who make their way, they get this news. God can heal you and they have this leprosy and they say, I need to get healed. And their motive is to get healed. And they say, I'll do anything and everything in order to get healed. And they will pack up their bags and they'll say, I'll come. But when they see hindrances, they'll say, you know, it's not God's will. What? It's not God's will. They spiritualize it. They're so spiritual. They come to the conclusion that it's not God's will. You call that deception. They play God in their lives and they think that they know everything, becoming fools, losing the blessing of God. And then you have another group of people. The other group of people are people who say, I know it's the devil that is doing this and the devil has always been doing this. I'm just sick and tired of this you know, devil. I'll just be where I am. I'm just content with where even if I have to die with leprosy, it's okay. You know, I'll just live like this. And as long as I have my Jesus and my Bible, you know, I don't want to deal with this devil. And what do they do? They miss out. What are they trying to portray this themselves to be? As somebody who is spiritual again, very humble again, but if you actually look at it, it carries a demonic tune, a demonic tone, a demonic voice, a demonic presence, a demonic feeling to it. So what happens? They end up missing that which God has for them. And these are people who do not step into the realm of God. They begin to come and then they don't come. They stop at a certain point. At the beginning, it's off. They stop. And then you have other people who say, even if there's a hindrance, I'm not going to look at the hindrance. I'm going to go. I'm going to get what I need to get and to get rid of this leprosy. And and they come. Like Naaman, they have faith and they prepare ahead of time. They say, I have this and I know I need to get this and I know I will get this. So because I'll get this, they have that regard for what God has for them and for the anointing of God and for the servant of God. And they say, I'm going to not go empty and I'm going to get take all these things. Now, Elisha receiving it from them is a whole different thing. This is where I want to show that contrast here. Nobody should be thinking of themselves as they're anything before God. 
or anything before God's servants or anything they do for God that they're actually trying to match what God has done for them. We can't do that. We cannot outgive God. We cannot do enough to say, Lord, I have done this, you know, for all that you've done for me. We can't do that. But it's a heart of gratitude that actually shows what's actually inside the heart, what's behind all the stuff that is in front, which is posing as something, is very important. Now, you look at this man. He said, I'm going to go. I'm going to take all these things. I know I'm going to get healed. And when I get healed, I'm going to go to this prophet who heals me. And I'm going to give these things. And I'm going to go back home. That was his plan. The way God led the prophet was completely different. Well, prophets don't please men. God told Elisha not to see Naaman. Naaman thought that he was a big shot. He said, when I come there, I'll be greeted and I'll, you know, be seen and I'll be touched and I'll be this and I'll be that. But soon he came to understand that. No, no, no. Amen. You have a need and you're in front of a prophet. You have to understand that God has to move. God is bigger than you. You might be a commander in Syria. That's in Syria, not here. I want to say it again as the Holy Spirit wants me to. You may be a big person in Syria. That's in Syria, not here, not in the land of God. In the land of God, God rules. And God says what needs to be done. So when he came here and he thought, okay, I will be getting the treatment that I get in my land. He came to realize that, oh, this is God's land and this is God's servant who is here. And when his mind took over that which was in front of him, which is the blessing of God that was about to come to him. That means his leprosy was going to be healed. And his mind took over that saying that, hmm, he didn't even come and see me. He didn't even say hello to me. Oh my God, I can't believe what kind of a prophet is this? A prophet who can't come and say hello to me. Ah, uh, What happened? He got offended. He got offended. Being offended at God's leading and being offended at God's guidance and being offended at the spirit of God is not a good thing. It won't carry any blessing. It will actually rob the blessing and replace that with a curse. You have to be very careful. This goes for every single one here. But you know what? One good thing is the servants of Naaman, they got it. Naaman had faith and his servants had faith. They all had faith. They said, you are here. You're getting healed. Just do what this man of God said. You know what? Right now, you're not the boss. He's the boss. Just do what he says. If you want healing, you're in need. Mister, you came all the way from there. Know that this is God's zone and you want to get healed. Do what he's telling you to do. In a nice way they put it. Just do it. If he would have said it. And this is for your healing. Anything big. Who would have done this? This is such a small thing. Getting a glimpse of who we are in front of. Getting a glimpse of who is operating. Getting a glimpse of where we are standing is very important. Because 
That'll determine whether you're going to get blessed or not. Very important. When we come to the house of God, the same thing. It will determine whether we are going to get blessed or not. You can come all the way from Syria and you can come all the way and you can come right there to where the blessing is and you can just miss the blessing of God. Some people are like that. Too proud. Me, myself, and I are so big, it's on top of their head. It's so visible that the blessing of God that is coming to them, they just miss it. Thank God, Naaman had the wisdom to listen. He not only had faith, he had wisdom. When that pride shot up, he had the wisdom to bring it down and step on it. That's why he was no longer Naaman the leper. That's why he said, okay, I'm going to go. I was told what I need to do. My job is to do what I'm told to do because I am not the boss here. Maybe the commander there, not here. And I have a need here. I may be the commander there, but I have no power in my body. I have leprosy and I can't heal myself. And that's why I'm here. There's one who's greater than me who's telling me what to do. I better do it. He got that wisdom, a glimpse of who the prophet was. And so because of that, he went to the river. Now, there are people who come there who hear and then who go to the river. And then after they go to the river, they say, hmm. Now, I have to go into the river in front of all these servants of mine, and uh, I have to go and do this, and I don't feel like I thought he will do something in a very respectful way, and and I will just uh, get healed in a very respectful way, and I'll just go home with a respectful way. The pride, what comes with you, is a pride that robs you of your blessing. And you know what God, when he sees that, what he'll do? You want to be blessed? I'll strip you of that pride first because that will not stand before God. It will not. Anyone who wants to get blessed by God because of God's love, the first thing he will do is strip them of their pride. Because if you don't have the understanding who you are standing before, if you don't have the understanding of who you're talking to, if you don't have the understanding of who you're dealing with, God will make sure he'll put his finger on that, make sure he'll strip that down. So that you get an understanding of what you're dealing with, who you're dealing with, where you're standing. And you call that the love of God. It's the mercy of God. It's the mercy of God. Because God could have just said, no, you go. If this is how you came and you want to come and show your pride here in the presence of my prophet, go back to Syria. God didn't do that. God didn't do that. It's the mercy of God. The mercy of God came and he said, pride has to go. If you need to get healed, pride has to go. You need to get blessed, pride has to go. You might have traveled all the way from Syria to over here because you had faith. Good for you. But that faith plus pride is not going to get your blessing here. It doesn't work like that. You can't even get into that river. Pride has to be stripped off before you can get into that river of blessing that God has. God is speaking at this hour. If we want to receive anything from God, we must have the glimpse of who God is and the awesomeness of the power of God, the awesomeness of the presence of God, the awesomeness of the house of God, the reverence that we need to have before God Almighty 
and before God's servants must be established. That's not established. They'll be standing just like Naaman. You're going to either go into the river or you're not going to go into the river, but you can't go into the river with pride. You can't. Your pride will keep you from the blessing of God. And the servants who had faith and the wisdom to tell him, just do, just do what the prophet told you to do because he's greater than you. He knows what you need and you have a need. Do what he's telling you to do. Naaman went there and he immersed himself in the river. He just didn't stand by the edge of the river and he just didn't say, well, I'll get my feet wet and um, I'm not comfortable and I'm not used to and I would like to do this by myself. You know, there are some people like that. I want to just do this all by myself. I don't want anyone seeing this. They want to be blessed. They want all the blessings from God, but they want to be private Christians. What is it? Private Christians. You want God to bless you. You don't want others to know that you belong to Jesus. Shame on you if that's you. God is speaking to you at this hour. If you don't want others to know that you belong to Jesus, shame on you. Don't try to come and use Jesus Christ for your own benefit. God's kingdom is not for that. If you are there in the presence of God, make sure that you don't abuse his love. Make sure you don't abuse his grace. Make sure you don't abuse his kindness and goodness. Make sure you don't abuse his anointing. Make sure you don't abuse his power. Make sure you don't abuse his blood. It's very important. There are some people like that. I want nobody to know. I just want to get everything in the side. What? In the side. Why should God do anything for you at all? Why? Why should he? Why should he? Why should he? He should be ashamed of you. He will be ashamed of you. That's what Jesus said. You're ashamed of Jesus. Jesus will be ashamed of you. Well, you're such a puny little tiny less than a speck of dust. Remember, if you have the nerve to be ashamed of Jesus, he's God Almighty. For him to be ashamed of you, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Jesus said, don't be afraid of those who threaten to kill your body. You have no power of your soul. This God who made the heaven and earth, he has the power to both destroy your body and your soul permanently, once and for all, forever and ever and ever in hell. He has the power to do that. But he's all loving. So don't abuse him. Don't abuse his grace. Don't abuse his blood. Don't think that. You can just come and receive and just spit on his face in front of others. It's not good. It won't be good for you. So Naaman was the person who had this faith and this humility to listen to his servants. When the pride came, as soon as he was told, he didn't say, hey, who are you to tell me? You are my servant. You're talking to me like that. You know, many people are like that. Many people are like that. Who are you? Who are you to tell me? I am the boss. At home, I'm the boss. At work, I'm the boss. When I'm by myself, I'm the boss. Every, everywhere they go, they think they're the boss. It's a very uh, sad place to be in. 
people who feel that they are the boss forever and are full of pride are the most insecure people. They constantly have to keep grabbing it because they don't have it. They constantly want to keep grabbing onto something to show that there's something because they have nothing to begin with. If you have what you should have, then you won't have to really assert yourself or get yourself the power that you need. But when you don't have, that's when you go after it. Know your weakness. Know your emptiness. And go to Jesus so that he can fill you. Naaman was a man who really had uh, this quality that God liked and that's the reason God blessed him. Now you look at Naaman, he listened to his servants. That's a beautiful quality. When you're able to listen to people who are under you and you're able to listen to people who give sound advice. When your head is thick and dull, it's important to listen to the counsel that will come from. Whoever it is that God will move, even if it's a donkey that will come and say, what you're doing is wrong, humble yourself. Humble yourself and live. Now you look at Naaman. He went to the river. He immersed himself one time, two times, three times, four times. Fully immersed himself and he came back up. Immersed himself and he came back up. Immersed himself and he came back up. Every time. Every time he did that. You know what was happening? The river that God had ordained for him to immerse himself was doing something to his body. Not only outside. Was doing something to his spirit. There was some kind of a washing that was taking place. Why? Because there was God appointed river. That's what happens when you come to the presence of God. When the river of God is there, whether it's a fasting prayer like this, or whether it's a church service, whether it's our morning call, wherever it is, when you come to the presence of God, and God's word is coming through the spirit of God, the river of God will wash you. It will wash you of your physical infirmities. It will wash you of your spiritual infirmities. It's that powerful. Every time something was happening, this water of God that was there, God ordained river, important to note is God ordained river. Because that was God ordained place for Naaman, every time he immersed himself in, every time he went into that river, as he came out, because first time obeying and coming out, something happens to his skin, to that leprosy. First hit by the Holy Spirit. Second hit, because every time you obey, you give more power to the Spirit of God to work in you. God is never going to override your will. So your will is very important. Every time you obey and every time you're in the presence of God, something happens to your body and something happens to your soul. Naaman was not someone who got healed and who said, bye-bye, I'm going to go back to my Assyrian gods. No, he was someone who made his choice to follow the living God. Because his soul was touched in that river as he obeyed the voice of the prophet of God and did exactly what he was told. There are some people, there are some people who say, I'll do something because you told me I'll just do it once and, oh no, God sees everything, right? He sees your motive and he sees what you're doing and he sees how you're obeying and he sees you through and through. 
And according to that, he will treat you. The way you treat God, he will treat you. Remember this. And so Naaman, he immersed himself in the river and he brought himself up every time this happened until the seventh time. The river of God was doing something to that leprosy. That leprosy was getting weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker. The hold that leprosy had on Naaman was getting weaker and weaker and weaker. Even though Naaman didn't see any sign on the outside. It was not like, hey, two disappeared. Hey, three disappeared. And hey, this disappeared. And hey, my nose is different. Hey, my fingers are different. Now my skin is different. No, no. Until the seventh time, nothing was visible on the outside. But something was happening to the root of that leprosy. Whatever brought the leprosy in is getting shaken and shaken and shaken and shaken. By what? By Naaman's faith equals obedience to the prophet of God. As soon as he did, every single time, that giant tree called leprosy was uprooted. Finally, the seventh time, fully out of him. Because he obeyed the word of God. It came through the prophet of God. Very important. Very important. Very, very important. Halfway doing something and coming lying, saying that, oh, I did what pastor said, or I did what the prophet said, or I did who, you know, who, whoever God put in your life as your spiritual authority. When you're told to do something, just do it. That's what will get you your breakthrough and your healing. And this leprosy fled. Every time he immersed himself, the leprosy said, oh, no, I'm getting kicked out. Oh, no, third time. Oh, no. Do you know that every disease can hear? Do you know disease can hear? Do you know disease can see? Do you know there is a power that comes with diseases, which brings diseases upon people? That's why you see when Jesus Christ spoke to the disease. That disease heard and it left. Jesus Christ, when he speaks, it hears. Even if it's miles away, that disease hears. It can hear. And it leaves. When you obey God and do that which God has told you to do through your prophet that God has placed, then what will happen is, as you obey that which God himself has spoken to you. Not like, you know, there are people who say, oh, God spoke to me. God didn't speak. They'll say God spoke to me a hundred times. Be very careful of that. Because Lucifer will come and speak to you in many different voices, just like God's voice. Just like how he came and spoke to Eve. Did God really say? Maybe you were confused. Maybe. That's not what it was. Well, that's where the fall will come. That's where the fall will come. You know, Tricky you, like Eve, will not want to go back to the source where the instruction came from to find out. Pastor, is this right? Is this what I should be doing? Did God say this? You don't go and ask the devil that. You ask God that. You ask the pastor that if the word of the Lord came through your pastor to you. Or through the prophet that God has placed over you. Whoever it is, when it comes from them to you. And Satan brings doubts. You go to the source. The original source where it came from. That's where you ask. You don't go ask other people outside. Or you don't say that. Oh I got a revelation. God spoke to me. That is delusion. Remember that. That's delusion. 
If Eve would have said, hold on to the serpent and said, I'm going to go back to Adam who came and told me. And Adam went to God with her. When God came that evening, they would have been protected. This is very important for every believer to know. Don't play God in your life. Don't play prophet in your life. Don't play prophetess in your life. Don't play pastor in your life. Don't play Jesus Christ or the Holy Spirit in your life. Be very careful. Be very careful. Thank God in our church there is the Spirit of God who is having total control over everything that is going on here. Others will be a disaster. We need to know the leading of the Holy Spirit and need to have the character to obey that which God says. Now you look at Naaman. He triumphantly came outside. Effortlessly came outside. Just like the prophet said. No loss. He came outside with gain. What did he gain? Health. What was kicked out of his life? Leprosy. Who lost? Leprosy lost. Whatever brought that leprosy into his life got kicked out by the anointing of God in a conjunction with the faith which equals obedience of Naaman. Very important. Now there are people who come to that river point and they immerse themselves first time in the river and say, well, I don't see anything. I don't want to do it again. There are some people who say, well, I do it seven times. I have other things to do and I don't have time for seven, seven times to immerse myself in, in this river Jordan because by the second time I have an appointment here, by the third time I need to do that. Oh well, go home. Do take all those things with your leprosy. Are you kidding me? When I see these things, my blood literally boils. You're coming for healing? Is it? You're coming for deliverance, is it? You want a miracle, is it? You want to treat God like a use and throw? Can I get like a five-minute prayer? Can I get like a quick fix somewhere? I don't want to follow. I don't want to be in the meetings. I don't want to come to church regularly. But can I get this big deliverance and big healing? Really? Really? We have to be very careful when we come to the presence of God. Have you gotten a glimpse of God? Have you gotten a glimpse of this living God? Do you know who you're coming to? Do you know where God is? And do you know what caused Jesus to give you a healing? You're coming just to make use of God. God sees that too. Yes, he does. It is very important to have a glimpse of God Almighty. When you get a glimpse of who God is, you will get a glimpse of who you are. This woman who came and wept at the feet of Jesus got a glimpse of who Jesus was and she got a glimpse of who she was. Very important. That's the best place for a person to be in. When you get a glimpse of the glory of God, when you get a glimpse of the house of God, when you get a glimpse of what God is doing, you'll also get a glimpse of who you are and you will know your place in the house of God. She knew very well who she was. She knew very well what she had received from God Almighty. She knew. It's a privilege to be 
by the feet of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. This feet that travels all over brought so many healings. This feet to kiss this feet is a once in a lifetime privilege. She understood that and she seized that opportunity. She seized that opportunity. You had a whole bunch of fools over there sitting. Hey, I am a man. Oh, that's one sick statement that I hear when people who don't have the caliber for anything boast of their gender and boast of where they came from and boast of who they are in the presence of God Almighty. It's very sickening. Because someone has been born a certain way or into a certain class or as a certain man or a woman or whatever it is, doesn't make them anything before God. Let no flesh glory in the presence of God. Let no flesh glory in the presence of God. Let no flesh glory in the presence of God. People who really have the nature of Jesus are the people who carry humility because they know who God is and they know who they are. When they come to the presence of God, they know I'm coming into this house of God where God is and I'm coming to see God. Not show myself. Not coming here so that I can be worshipped. I'm coming to the house of God so that God can be worshipped. When you get a glimpse of God Almighty, you get a glimpse of yourself. When you get a glimpse of yourself, you fall flat before the living God. You fall flat before the living God and you say, oh my God, my God, my God. How merciful you have been to me. I'm coming to your house to worship you. I'm coming to your house to glorify you. I'm coming to your house to praise you. I'm coming to your house to hear from you. Who am I, Lord, that you are mindful of me? Who am I, Lord, that you brought me into your house to give me the breath and to be able to even take one step to even come in the sanctuary of God? It's the grace of God to be even able to be able to sit here this night, to be able to hear. It's the grace of God. It's the grace of God. Have you gotten a glimpse of the glory of God? Have you gotten a glimpse of who God is? Have you gotten a glimpse of the house of God? Have you gotten a glimpse of what God has given to you, what God has placed before you? Have you gotten a glimpse of it? And have you gotten a glimpse of who you are? Very important. In a world and during a time where everybody wants to empower everybody and make everybody feel like they are somebody, God is speaking something very important today. It's important to know who God is. In the light of who God is, it's important to know. Have that understanding of who you are. Very important. That will take you on the road to blessing. When you know who God is, then you know who you are. That will put you Close to Jesus Christ. You know the rest of the men over there? They didn't even greet Jesus. Yes, men. Oh, yes. They thought they were really holy men. They were not holy. They were proud people. And Jesus talked to them. 
But this woman came in, burst into tears, washed his feet, did what the rest of the fellows didn't do. Because they all thought, we are all men of stature and we are here because we are this and that. She had a glimpse of who Jesus was. And she had a glimpse of who she was. And to her, Jesus said, I see what you've done. And it shall be remembered. You have done what none of these people have done. It's important. Jesus takes notice of what we do. And Jesus brings before the people what we truly do for him when it comes from here. Not as a show, but when we do it only to him one-on-one. We heard this recently. But how the fate of the centurion Jesus made sure everybody heard it. Hear this. These Roman centurion, men, Gentile. Just like that he says, oh yeah, this woman, not even men, woman. And the rest of you failed miserably. She did. The right thing to do. It's not like, oh, Jesus was pampered and Jesus was you. Uh-huh. He is God Almighty. He's God Almighty. They should have honored him as the Savior. They should have honored him as the Lord. They didn't. Someone else came and did it. If you don't honor God the way he should be honored, someone else will do it. Someone else will do it. Not so that everyone can see. Someone else will do it because for the someone else, Jesus is the only one in front of him or her. When you get a glimpse of who God is, and when you get a glimpse of who he is to you and what he has done for you, and before him who you are, nobody has to tell you. You should do this or you should do that or nobody can keep you from doing this or that. You won't be outside the will of God in short. When your heart is to please God, when you know that he is the Lord God Almighty and you are nothing before him and you receive so much from him and who am I Lord when that awe comes, truly comes to you. Then nothing will stop you from doing the perfect will of God. You know what she did? This woman did the perfect will of God. Where the rest of the men failed, she did the perfect will of God. And who pleased Jesus and who did not among all these people, supposedly clean, righteous, supposedly That's not the true state, by the way. She was someone who was justified. She was someone who pleased the Lord. She was someone who did the will of God and therefore pleased the Lord. And she was someone who was forgiven by God and therefore had the gratitude. The rest of the people, Jesus, by his statement, he says, these people, sin remains in them. So, 
they don't have that gratitude because they have not repented. They're full of pride. May God speak to our hearts today. With that which we heard today, two parts to this message that God has brought to us. One is the different types of people who come. People who make their journey, they begin, they say, mm, I like what I hear. I know God is doing something there. And they say, let me get up. And then they say, you know what? Lots of hindrances are there. Mm. I don't think it's God's fault. Well, they spiritualize that and they echo the voice of the enemy and keep themselves from the blessing of God. Then you have some of the people who hear all the things that God is doing and they'll say, mm, I want to receive that and show all kinds of excitement and they begin their journey and when they face the hindrances they say oh the devil is constantly doing this so I'm just going to be where I am I'll just be this way they lose your blessing then you have other people who say no I am going to get it they are the go-getters so to speak and they have faith for it and they get up and they have a heart for it and they believe that they'll get it and they prepare themselves and they come. They have the gratitude also. And they bring whatever they need to bring in and they come. But then pride shows up too simultaneously. Some will be devoured by the pride and lose the blessing. And others will at that point recognize what is happening when God uses something to let them know, hey, you're being a fool, humble yourself so that you don't lose your blessing. And they, at that point, step on that pride and become wise. And get their blessing by obeying that which God has told them to do. Once that healing was granted by God, man didn't say, there are some people, like the nine lepers, I'm so happy and I'm going home and didn't run back. He went back to the servant of God through whom the healing came. He went there and he said, oh, I brought all these things. And Alec has said, that's the right thing to do. Whether to receive it or not, it's up to the servant of God. Always that understanding has to be there. It's not that, oh, I'm coming in, you know, I'm trying to, you know, deck the... Um, servant of God and brought all these garments and everything so that his house can have it and pour him if I don't get oh no 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 oh no 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 that'll be a very bad place for a person to be in if the thought ever enters in is a privilege is an honor if God allows you to be a part where he will receive that offering from you so that you can be blessed. And in this case, the Spirit of the Lord led the prophet not to receive anything from Naaman. Naaman didn't get offended by that. And there are people who get offended by that. Then after that, after they get the healing, they turn against the servants of God and then what happened? They end up losing that which they received. Very important. Always know your place and know who you are. It's very important. Know that the Spirit of God is at work and be very careful. If you don't know your place and you lose sight of who you are and you lose sight of who God is, you lose sight of the anointing of God, you lose sight of the call of God, you lose sight of 
the blesser and the instrument that God is using, then you'll be in deep trouble. Deep trouble. And so you look at Naaman. Naaman heard it. And when Elisha said, I'm not taking this, he said, okay. And then he asked a question and the prophet answered that. He said, okay. And then he went back home. Now here, there's a big division that comes from. Naaman went back home. He was the army commander. He said, I'm going back home. And I'm going back home to my homeland and Jehovah will be my God. The real God, living God of Israel, the God of prophet Elisha will be my God. And that's his result. And he went back home. God honored that. But there's a progression here. You can proceed or you can take a different path and you can just stick with it. This is where heaven is a vast place. In heaven, there are many, many, many levels, many levels in heaven. Just like the lights are different. You have candlelight, you have a table lamp and you have a ceiling lamp and even with the ceiling lamp you have 15 watts, 20 watts, 30 watts, 40 watts, 100 watts, 120 watts and then you have bigger bright lamps and you have stadium lamps and you have moon, you have the sun, you have the stars. From one light to another light, brightness differs. The Bible says, not myself. The Bible says that. It's the truth. I mean, if you look at it, you know, the Bible is not lying. It's not bringing us some kind of a, a mystical thing that you can't understand. It's a simple thing. But it's very profound and it's the truth. I see someone in the waiting area. If you recall someone, please tell them to label the device. I really don't like seeing people who are not able to get in when the word of God is coming. When you see a candlelight and then you see a bigger light, you won't even be able to recognize where the candle is. In the presence of that light, you will not be able to see the presence of the bright light. You will not be able to see the dim light. The dim light is good where there's no light, but the bigger light comes in, this fades away. You look at Naaman. Naaman was blessed by God. Naaman was healed by God. He came for healing. He got his healing. He got his body healed and he got his soul healed and he became a child of God and inheritor of the kingdom of heaven and he was very happy and he went on his way back home to being the Syrian commander and a worshiper of the living God. Good. Very good. There is a higher path. And the higher path is a path that I have taken. And the higher path is a path that very few in this world will take. The Spirit of God encourages this church of God to take that higher path. The higher path is to taking the creator of the universe to being your friend or you becoming his friend. Uh, There was this pagan, a heathen, who had everything, who was like Naaman, who had great possession. But he also had a lack just like Naaman did. The difference is, 
Naaman had a skin condition which can actually kill him. And this man had no inheritance. He didn't have a child. He had no children. And this man, when he was in his country with his people, and he heard that this God was able to give him a child, he said, I believe, just like Naaman did. And this God said, not just one child, I'll give you many children. And um, you just follow me. Abraham had a faith, a far greater faith than Naaman had. The faith was to not just come to God to get a child. And after getting the child saying, God, I thank you so much. I'm going to build this altar and I'm going to build this altar for you. And I'm going to offer you this Thanksgiving to God and uh, and I will worship you. And then I am going back to the land of the Chaldeans to show all my people this child that was born. And they all need to see you, see. And I'm going to go share my testimony there too. You know, there are a lot of people who spiritualize disobedience. God is speaking at this hour. Abraham was not a person like that. Abraham took a very uh, glorious higher path. A smart man. Very smart man. man who truly loved God. He said, I'll follow you, Lord. That's what you're saying. I'm going to follow you. In the process, he became such a close friend of the living God. Abraham, every place he set foot on God's that I'll give that land to you. He became far greater than what he was before. Naaman went back to his original profession and he went there as a commander. A commander for how long? How long? Same place. But Abraham was different. Abraham left his father's land. He left the land of the Chaldeans. He left everything. He said, I am taking this God to be my God. And I will say this in front of everybody. Everybody. I will tell them all. This God calls me. I'm going after him. Goodbye. He took a higher path. He took a higher path. As a result of that, he not only got one son. Just as the Lord said, like the stars of the sky and the sand of the shore. He never went back and he made sure he implanted that faith into his son Isaac. He never went back and he made sure that he'll get a girl who will be just like him, who will leave everything, leave that land and be a woman of faith who will be his daughter-in-law. The woman who will become one flesh with his son. A man who was not careless in any way when it came to his walk with God, his wife, his son, his daughter-in-law. He made sure. And so me and my household, we will serve the Lord. God called me this way and this the way we're going. We're all going together. We're not saying, like, you know, a lot, a lot of some people, a lot of people give into demonic theology. The demonic theology is when the child wants to stay home and not go to school, they say, oh, you have to go to school. When the child says, I'm not going to take my test. Oh, you have to take your test. You better get 100. Um, I don't want to eat my food. Oh, you better eat your food. 
But when it comes to reading and praying, you need to make your choice. I don't want to force religion on you. Really? You are one deceptive person. A person full of lies and double standard. You're forcing your child for the school, for your education, for his education, for the child to eat. But then you're giving the option for the child to kill himself or herself and starve herself to death or put poison into her soul, his soul, and it's okay for you. Eat what you want. Now the child comes and says, well, I just want to drink poison today. I feel like it. I like the color and I like the brand and I like the name and, and this is the trend and this is what I see and that's what I want to do. You let your child do that? No, you won't. At least, I hope not. You won't say, well, you know, I don't want to impose anything on you. You want to kill yourself, kill yourself, and I'll come for the funeral and say, it's your choice, and I'll be a parent who didn't impose anything on you. Will you do that? I'll actually question whether you're the real parent or not. You have any kind of feeling, first of all. Even if you see someone else in the street do that, you'll call somebody for help. I hope so. I hope so, if you have a heart. But then you have parents... To say, you need to go to school. When they have to go to school, they won't let them stay home. They'll send them. They'll take them there and drop them off there. They don't do their homework. They will make sure they get their homework done. But when it comes to the things of God, they are so slack and sly. But they will not want to train the children up in the ways of the living God. They are parents who fail. Miserably before God Almighty and all of heaven and all of hell. Lucifer stands and he laughs. He says, you fool, what are you doing? You go want to give the gospel to everybody in the world. Meanwhile, you let your child drown in mire. And you say that they're all doing good. That's another big lie. Lie upon lie. God is speaking at this hour. God is speaking at this hour. I didn't think about this. I didn't. Talk about this to anyone in our home and this is not something that I was going to speak. I don't come here thinking I'm going to speak anything. The Spirit of God speaks. Take it. Very important. The soul of your family members should come first before anything else. Because that's going to live forever. The soul that sins shall die. You want to see your kids die in front of you? Go ahead. If their souls are not important... Do what you will. Don't say that you love them. Don't say that you love them. If you say that you love them, then do what is good for their soul because you watch them die and you stand by and you say, I'm a good parent. You'll be lying. God is speaking to our hearts today. Be like Abraham. Abraham was a man who said, I'll make sure I follow God. It's very important. You know, there are people who completely do the opposite. Then they'll go after their kids. Don't be angry. Don't be self-centered. Meanwhile, they're angry, self-centered people. Don't be focusing on yourself. Meanwhile, they're all focusing on themselves. Don't be speaking like this. Meanwhile, they do the same thing. What do you call that? Hypocrites. The kids see right through you. That's the truth. Your family, they see right through you. If they're allowed to say, they say, stop it. You do it first. If you can't do it, don't push it on me. What do you do? You kill yourself and let the children kill themselves too? You shape up. God is speaking at this hour. You shape up. 
It's important for you to shape up. It's important for you to do what Abraham did. When God told him do something, he did it. That's it. It's not like, oh Lord, I'm coming. You know, there's some people who say, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. Next 25 minutes, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. God is gone. Who are you trying to fool? Oh, you told me do something. I'm, I, I, I act like I do. I just did a little bit. And then, and then what? Then what? God will find someone to fill in your shoes. That's it. Very important. Don't be a hypocrite. In this month of December, you need to have this in your heart. I want to live. I want to live righteously. I'm going to raise my kids. Raise them up righteously. Don't play double game and don't be a two-faced person. It's something that God just utterly hates. It's important to shape up before God and say, Lord, I want to do this. Not because I'm doing something big for you. No, 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 oh no. Because I've got a glimpse of who you are. I'm flat on the floor before you. Give me that which I need in order for me to follow you. And I'll follow you and do what you have to do. Do what Naaman did. Do what Abraham did. Abraham followed God all the way through. Naaman did all that he had to do to get the healing and he took God back to his land. Now he didn't pursue God as how Abraham did. That's where Abraham took a whole different path. Well, Abraham became the friend of God and Abraham has the highest seat, one of the highest seats in heaven. People like Naaman, they all have their places in heaven. But there are people who will sit very close in the heavenly realm. Their thrones will be very close to the throne of God Almighty and the saints who deserve to be seated next to God. As we heard today's word from Pastor Pudit on John the Baptist. People like John, young, very young, I really like um, these gemstones of faith, young people. Young people who lived for God and died for God while the older generation was rotting there in sin. Half going down towards hell and the other half is also going down towards hell. One is fully in sin, the other one is whitewashed sepulcher. We have Jesus, we have John. We know me, myself, and I. They never lived for man's praise. They never lived for man's acknowledgement. They never lived for human appreciation. Apostle Paul also. He got a glimpse of God Almighty. He never lived for another man. He lived for God and his passion was to pull as many as he can from the grips of Satan. How can you? How can you become a true agent of blessing? Unless you come out of the place of curse. Unless you come out of the place of curse. How can you? How can you? Naaman didn't get healed in Syria. Abraham didn't get blessed in the land of the Chaldeans. They all had to be where God wanted them to be. 
And Abraham said, I'm going all the way with this God. I'm following. After he got the child, he did not do what most people do. The, the family tie, when it comes between you and God, is a curse, remember. When it comes between you and God, it's a curse. Family tie, if it's not of God, it's an ungodly tie. If it keeps you from entering into heaven, you need to be very careful. Everything has its place. Abraham was someone who knew, I'm going after a city that is not built by man, whose maker and builder is God. He said, I'm going after God because it's a privilege, it's a privilege, it's a privilege, it's a privilege. This is God Almighty, it's a privilege, it's a privilege, and every day it's a privilege. And he went. That's why he was a stranger and a pilgrim. Now, he is in a place where he's going to be forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. In a high seat of honor, ruling over kingdoms forever and ever and ever. On this side of eternity, he was a man who talked with God and God conversed with him. And before God could do anything, he would come to Abraham and he would talk to him. And he said, Abraham, this is what I'm going to do. And Abraham would talk with God. Now, this is this doesn't happen frequently or uh, or I should say frequently with most people. This is a very rare thing. It does happen with God's people. Where God will come and speak to those who are very close with God. And the Bible says he will not hide what he's about to do with his prophets. Now you see, Abraham was so close with God. God came and revealed his heart to him before he could even destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham had a revelation of the future. What happened with Abraham and Isaac at Mount Moriah was a foreshadow of what was going to happen at Mount Calvary. Abraham had Isaac and he had all his blessings and God blessed him in this side of eternity and on the next. You know, when you compare Abraham with Naaman, Abraham's light and his glory outshines that of Naaman's. Both of them came from very similar backgrounds. One went on to burning brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter like the sun. God is speaking to our hearts today in this month of December. What are you going to go after? God has been very good to us for all these 11 months. Throughout these 11 months, God has been very good to us. He's blessed us. He's been with us through all our ups and downs. He's been faithful to us. As we're coming to the last month in this 2023, let this month put you on a different road. Or you put yourself on a different road as you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit at this hour in this month of December. Let the Spirit of God work in you. Don't block the work of God. Don't say, oh, I'm so happy and I got this and uh, goodbye and go back to where you came from. And say, I just have Jesus somewhere in here. And uh, he knows me and I know him. That's it. That's it. That's it. For this short life that you're going to live, 
You're concerned about people. For the short life that you're going to live. The people who are going to live around you. Very small circle, by the way. Very small circle. Before you know, one by one will be gone. You're going to lose eternity for that. You're going to lose the eternal place that God has you for that. God is speaking to us today. In this month of December. Be someone. Who have the wisdom to pursue that which matters the most. Now, to open your Bibles and to read, go and read the passage about Naaman and how he got the healing. And then read about Abraham, how God called him. In the book of Genesis, chapter 12, 13, 14, you can just read. And you can see what Abraham did, what God did. It's very important for you to have these two in front of you for this month of December. God has not led me today to give you the exact reference. You go and you search the Bible and get the scriptures if it's important to you. And meditate on these two. Passages that God has brought today. And see where you belong. If you belong in one of these groups, where are you actually in a journey? If you're where Abraham is, good for you. If you're there. If you decided to follow Jesus and you want him to be everything and you have given up everything and you are giving up everything and that is your goal, you're going towards it, go for it. It's the wisest decision one can make. Make sure you hear the voice of God and make sure you don't give yourself over to any deceptive spirit. If you were Naaman is, You can make the transition to getting into Abraham's path. You can do that if you're where Naaman is. If you're not where Naaman is, if you are among the people who try to come and give all kinds of excuses and sit where you are and take a few steps and then give all kinds of excuses and you are circling and circling and circling without getting your blessings or even inheriting a curse. It is important for you to understand this. You will be blamed for your loss. You will be blamed for your eternal loss. It's you. Don't blame anyone else. You will be blamed for the choices that you made. You will be blamed for not taking the step that you should have taken. And the call came to you. God is speaking to our hearts today. Be a fighter. Know how to fight the good fight of faith. Fight by the rules or you'll be put to shame. Make sure you know the rules. Therefore, make sure you know the Bible, the word of God. Make sure you know the God of the Bible. Make sure you know who you are before him and who he is before you. Make sure. You value the things of God and all that God has placed before you. Make sure 
you lay hold of that which matters the most. Because what we have today will not be there tomorrow. What we are holding on to today, and we're saying, I'm not going to let it go, will just go out of our hands. Having no control over it, it'll just fly out of your hand. So go after that which matters the most. God's word says, the glory of this world, or the name, the fame, the, the game, and whatever comes with it, is like the flower that is on top of a grass. Morning it comes and evening it goes. And if we live for that, oh, be a fool. If we live for people's praises and not the praises that comes from God, we'll be making the dumbest choice in this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that God has given to us while we are alive and with the lungs that is breathing today, with the heart that is beating today. Make sure that you live for eternity. In this month of December, before we go into 2024, the Spirit of the Lord has shown me 2024 is going to be an amazing year. Truly. But it takes preparation. December is a month of preparation. Where the favor of the Lord is going to go before all those who fear Him. I want to say this again as the Holy Spirit wants me to do this prophecy. Month of December will be a month of God's favor and the favor of the Lord will go before all those who fear him. It comes with a clause. It goes before all those who fear him. The favor of the Lord will go before all those who fear him. God will accomplish that which God has spoken in ways that our minds cannot comprehend. God will bring glory to his name by his strong and mighty arm. God will bring down the walls that need to be brought down. God will raise up the valleys that need to be raised up. God will open many more doors in this month of December. The doors that are strong and are closed, God will open those very doors. God will bring down that which is hardy and God will bring to our feet that which has exalted itself during the previous years. God will do these things. December is a month where God will be glorified in the lives of those who fear him. December is a month where God will be glorified in the lives of those who fear him. December will also be a month of purification, says the Lord of hosts. In this month of December, where God has been doing a work of purification month after month after month after month, there will be this work of the Lord that will take place where God will blow through his, the blowpipe, and he will blow away the chaff. There is this purging work of God that will take place in the month of December, where the chaff will be blown away. Whatever dust that is there, whatever sediment that is there, the Spirit of God, the wind of God, the breath of God will drive those out. And after this will come the dew that comes from heaven, Followed by the rain that comes from heaven, which will cause the crops to grow, where the barren land will bring forth the fruit that God is looking for, says the Lord of hosts. Where the barren land will begin. Right now, the land is parched and you see deep cracks and the earth is split. 
all over. But the breath of the Lord will go over those barren lands with a fruit that must come from the trees, which are not there to begin with. We'll begin. There's this beginning work of the Lord that will take place in a substantial manner. I also see, as I'm giving the word of God, that the growth will not be slow. The growth that is going to start from December going into 2024 is going to go fast. That means the plant will grow fast and fast and fast and fast and fast and fast and fast into a mighty tree. This is growth that God himself will give. And this growth comes from heaven, heaven's power, heaven's glory it will carry, says the Lord of hosts. December be a month where the word of the Lord will come in all his power and authority. Breaking down the strongholds of the enemy. Where the feet of the Lord will trample, will bring down every house, every hole, every trap of the vipers, says the Lord of hosts. Every snake pit that is there, the feet of the Lord of hosts will level it down completely. Destroying it, says the Lord of hosts. December will also be a month. Where the sword of the Lord will perform the work of the Lord, says the Lord of hosts. The sword of the Lord will perform the work of the Lord, says the Lord of hosts. December will be a month where the glory of the Lord will cover the darkness that has been there. Where the sun of righteousness will arise and we shall see the work of the Lord God Almighty begin to climb up or take off. Through the wings, the healing wings of the Lord God Almighty. God will perform all these things that the Spirit of the Lord has spoken through his servant. But the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. And the hand of the Lord shall perform it, says the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. Father, thank you, Lord, for this word that you gave. Thank you for your work that you have begun. Thank you for the Spirit of God who is moving in our midst. Thank you, Jesus, O Holy Spirit, precious Father, our triune God, who is at work in our midst, and we praise you, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for all the chains that will fall off in this month of December. I thank you, Father. And thank you, Lord, for all the shackles that you will place on the hands and the feet of the enemy. I praise you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Whatever the enemy meant for evil, you will turn it for a good in this month. And I praise you, Father. This is reversal that will take place. Hallelujah. Reversal that will take place. Oh, by the power of God Almighty, the reversal that will take place. And I praise you, Father, for the reversal that will take place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I pray your blessing upon your people on this first day of this new month, this month of December, that the hand of the living God rests upon every single one here in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That the fear of the Lord be upon the people of God in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That every single one truly learn what it means to fear the living God in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. Oh, that every barrier in their lives be broken in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. That the Spirit of God may move them from where they are to where they need to be in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Father. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, I praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. Hallelujah. Our covenant-keeping God, I praise you. Hallelujah. Our covenant-keeping God, I praise you. Hallelujah. Our covenant-keeping God, I praise you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the breath of God Almighty. Hallelujah. Oh, that will cause us to arise. Hallelujah. Oh, from where we are to where you want us to be. We thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Father. As your servant standing in the presence of God, before the throne of God, according to the power and authority given to me by the Almighty God, I bless your people at this hour with a blessing that you alone can bless them with. Oh, that in this month of December, Lord, each one may become wiser, Father, and each one may become wise, Lord Jesus. Oh, that they may go after the eternal things of God. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, let the fear of the Lord, let the fear of the Lord fall upon every single one in the name of Jesus, that each and every single one, Father, oh, may run after the things of God in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Father. Oh, that their lives, oh, Lord, may, Lord, amount to something big, Father. Oh, may they gladden the heart of the Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Lord. And I bless them with this blessing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, that they may become inheritors of this blessing of God in the name of Jesus, that let no one lag behind, Father, in any good thing that you have for them in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that each one, Father, may pursue holiness, may pursue love, may pursue godliness, may pursue humility, may pursue faith, O oh, Father, may pursue the fear of the Lord, O oh, Father, that the fear of the Lord may go before them and accomplish that which God the Father, through Lord Jesus Christ, by the working of the Holy Spirit, has intended to accomplish in the lives of your people. I thank you for doing this. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. 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 May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon us and bless us with his peace. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father, and the sweet fellowship of his Holy Spirit, Rest and remain with us all, now and until we see Jesus face to face. Amen. Amen.